0: I want to take up a wee subject tonight. Uh, I've just titled it The Company of the Lord. Uh, Kenneth rang me yesterday and said, could you bring a wee word? And he says, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it before the Lord and see how the Lord leads. It didn't have too long to wait. It was driving uh, up the country, and the Lord gave me this title. And I want to start off in the book of Proverbs. We're going to go to a proverb, Proverb chapter 13 and verse 20. not know if you'd hear a speaker starting off on Proverbs, but I thought this would just Get us going a wee bit, and then I'll go to Acts chapter 4, 13 for our next for the next little verse, which I really love. And whilst looking that up, we've got eight uh, characteristics to look at this evening. So we'll be, we'll be flicking through Scripture as we, we look at each characteristic. wonder what your company was like today. What's the workplace like for you? Is it difficult? are there difficult personalities that you have to share the workplace with how often is it you go out in the morning and come home maybe discouraged and maybe sometimes you say to yourself I wish the company would change it's hard for me hard to listen to it hard to watch it, hard to do the job but it's the job and I have to get on with it, it pays the mortgage it pays the bills, puts food on the table I have to get on with it, but are you really enjoying it all because of company Bad company can ruin a lot of things. We're going to look at the greatest company of all for the believer, and that's the company of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is what it says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I was always brought up, and I'm sure you were as well, brothers and sisters. Our parents would always say, keep good company. Watch your company. The saying is a pedigree of a man as always told by the company he's kept throughout his life. And uh, it is true. It is true. And right here and right now, I just nail this one. If you're a new, newly born child of God, keep in the right company. Keep amongst like-minded believers. Seek the company here of the like-minded believers if you're a newborn babe in Christ. Be here on a Wednesday night. Come to the Bible study. Come to their prayer meetings. Around the table of the Lord on Lord's Day morning. Very, very important to remember what the Lord has done for us. So keep company with Christ's people. That's most important. And when those difficult times do come, be it in the workplace or wherever it is, be it in the family, ask the Lord to give the strength. Ask the Lord to be your company whilst you are trying to get through bad company. And these days, it's not easy. I'm, I suppose, in a way, fortunate. Well, <laughs> I don't know about Maybe I have to do a 50-50 in that one. But I, I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for a long, long time. So if I fall out with anybody, I fall out with myself. And the many time, I'm shouting myself down the road and behind the steering wheel. But more often, I'm speaking with the Lord. And the Lord's speaking with me. And that's, I suppose, one benefit of being self-employed. Uh, you don't have bad company around you. And I say that, that 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 is one good thing, and the Lord has looked after me in that way, apart from this whole COVID upheaval. But other than that, you know, I'm thankful to God for the, for the privilege of being able to to just be able to work self-employed. Some people can't do that because they're not able to do it. It probably doesn't bring in enough income and so on and so on. But for those that are self-employed here, you'll know what I'm speaking about. You just don't have all the bad words, all the bad language the 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 cross talk and it is it is a great help it is a great help in your spiritual life and uh, for those that aren't in that position pray on to the lord that the lord will protect you and help you because he's our company he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed it's so true indeed turn with me to the book of acts in the new testament as we come to this absolutely beautiful verse, I love this. We just break in here. It's Peter and John, and they have been questioned by the scribes and the rulers, the elders, and asked the high priest Caiaphas and John Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priests. You know, I was thinking, I wouldn't like to be the kindred of the high priest here at all, but praise God, I'm kindred of the great high priest. The Lord Jesus Christ, which is most important, but these these fellows here, they're they're the interrogators, really, you know. But praise God, you know, Peter and John are so bold as they speak out for Christ. And this verse thirteen says this: Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marvelled, and they took knowledge of them. Look at this. That they had been with Jesus. Isn't that lovely? That they had been with Jesus. I wonder. And it's a challenge for me. Could anyone say. Ronnie Ballantyne has been with Jesus today. What about you dear friend. Could anyone say. Your name. Has been with Jesus today. We can see that. He or she has been with Jesus today. You know. If you're with the Lord, there'll be a recognizable sign. You know, you think of how Moses came down, his face was shining so brightly that he'd cover it up. Now, of course, they want all our faces covered up and this carry on, you know. But, uh, you know, if you've been with the Lord, it will it'll sh- shine and you'll glow and your heart will be joyful. If Satan has been knocking at your door, well then, that's a different story altogether. So, try to get with the Lord. The company of the Lord is the best. They could see this here. That they had been with Jesus. Now, Peter and John were ordinary men. This verse says they were recognized as unlearned, ignorant men. And these so-called superior leaders, they marveled. You know, I think of how Pilate marveled at Christ. When Christ came into the company of so-called mighty Pilate, Pilate marveled at the Lord. He marveled at how he looked. He marveled how he spoke. He marveled. At how the crucifixion of the Savior went about. Because it was a unique crucifixion. Remember Christ gave up his life. Life was never taken from Christ. Christ gave up his life that you and I might have life. And everything about Christ's death was uniquely different to the ordinary man. His legs weren't broken. Not like the criminals that had to have their legs broken in order to speed up death. But Christ had already expired. And Pilate marveled. And you know, everything about Christ and everything about Christ's people causes people to marvel. And even these cozy scribes and cozy elders in their high positions, they marveled. They marveled at Peter and John. And can I say to you, dear friend, I want to encourage you. If you're with the Lord and you have the company of the Lord, others will marvel at how you have that privileged position. Now, I don't know when was the last time you had company with the Lord. Maybe you haven't had company with the Lord for a considerable amount of time. Maybe you have had company with the Lord a few minutes before you came into the tent. But can I say to you, dear friends, company with the Lord is vital in order that we continue our walk for Him, by Him and unto Him. Now, I want to go through eight little characteristics. And first of all, we want to look, his company is peaceful. His company is peaceful. Let's go to the book of Exodus. We're going to be going through into the Old Testament, into the New Testament. We would like what Andrew did last week. Andrew had us all over the Bible, it was tremendous as he took up that subject last week. And in a way, you know, Andrew, can I say, brother? I was just actually thinking and reminiscing on your word last week, and in the preparation of this, I was coming across a lot, of the, a lot of the little verses that you had touched on last week as well. So we're in the book of Exodus in chapter 33, as we pick up in the midst of this lovely story. It's, this is the story of the tabernacle, tabernacle having to be moved. And Moses is having conversation with Almighty God. You know, I just love that verse there. It's verse 14 that we're going to. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Moses is speaking with the Lord. You go to verse 11, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. When was the last time we had a conversation with the Lord? When was the last time you and I had a conversation with the Lord as a friend to a friend? You know, there's something different when you speak to a friend than to perhaps someone you've only just met. With a friend, you're going to open up more deep things, aren't you? You'll share with them perhaps concerns that you have. You'll share with them personal things that you wouldn't share with others. And what a great... Position this is here. Moses face to face with the Lord as a man speaketh unto his friend. And like so many instances in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you will find that there is directness from people unto the Lord. They ask boldly of the Lord. I'm one that would say many a time that we can come boldly to the throne. Because of the privileged position that we have now. Remember it's not anything that we have done. Where we are today. It's all by what Christ has done for us. We're saved by grace. And as we were reminded last week. We are the privileged people. And praise God. We are the precious treasure. We are those precious privileged people. And we can access the throne. At any time. Praise God for that. That we can come before the Lord any moment, with any concern that we have. Just like Moses here, face to face. And Moses gets this great reassurance. My presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. I wonder do you have peace in your heart tonight? Is there something that's causing unrest? Is there something that's stealing the peace away in your life? You know, The Lord in his company with us. He is the one that provides a peace. There's something nice about being around someone who is peaceful. Someone that doesn't irritate or agitate. Someone that's not highly strung and jumping from one thing to the other thing like a a rabbit. But just to enjoy a peaceful presence. It's actually good for you. And oh, that we would have more patience, especially this man on this platform this evening. More patience. More peace. I've often heard it said that there was this lady that she had so many friends, but she always had this special friend. And she was asked, "Why, why is she special? Well, she's special because she's very peaceful. And I love to be around her. She calms me down. Whereas the other ladies, they're jumping about. They're going here. They have this shop, shopping here, shopping there, buying this, buying that. And I have a headache by the time I'm finished with them. But whenever I go with this dear friend, she's so peaceful. And so it is that company with the Lord, he is the peacemaker. He's your peace. He's my peace. So I wonder, could we enjoy the peace of the Lord? He's promised us that his presence shall go with us. He's promised that I will give thee rest. Oh, that we would have the faith to turn all our concerns on to him. To enjoy his presence. To enjoy the rest that he can give us. So often we're guilty, including myself, for just wanting to head on, straight on, Go on ahead. That's the way to do it. And suddenly, it's not the way. And it's not the way because it's not God's way. And so much unrest, so much turbulence, and so much uh, uh, tumult can come because we didn't seek the face of the Lord for the direction. And we really need him to be with us. So his company is peaceful. As it says here, he's the one that will... Be with us, the one that will give us the rest. What about his company being delightful? Have you ever heard it said, it's it's a delight to be with that person. I really enjoyed that that time there. He or she was a delight to be with. I remember speaking to a a teacher there a few years ago and she said, you know, that's our old pupil there. And I said, it is. And you know, she said, there's something about that, that child there He's a delight to teach. And you know, so it is when in, with, with people, you know, you can have a peaceful person that brings calm in the, in the company. And so you can have a delightful person. Turn with me to into the Psalms. And we're going to Psalm 94. As we see what the Lord says to us. His company is peaceful. His company is delightful. And Psalm 94 and verse 19 says these words. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. How often have you heard it said, I just would love someone to talk to. I would love someone just to listen to me that I could share what's on my life at the moment. Can I say to you, dear believer, friend, the Lord already knows. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And what a lovely verse here. In the multitude of my thoughts, perhaps you have a multitude of thoughts tonight. Maybe right now in your seat, you have a multitude of thoughts. You have a multitude of worries. You have a multitude of concerns. It just seems to be an endless bucket of burden. But you know, the Lord, the Lord is near. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Could you honestly say tonight that you're delighted in Christ? Only you can say that. Could you honestly say tonight that you're delighted with Christ? Only you can say that. Can you honestly say tonight... That you're delighted by Christ. Praise God I am delighted by all three. Because what he has done for me is remarkable, amazing, and undeserved. A sinner saved by grace. You know, we try to encourage many. And one of the things that I always like to go to, basic, basic, basic thing... If you have nothing to praise God for, or you think you don't have anything to praise God for, go to the cross. Go immediately to the cross. It's a very sad state of affairs when a child of God says, I don't really have anything to to, to praise God for. Well, my answer to that is, you go immediately to the cross. Because let me say to you this, that's where it starts. Because Christ hung there on that cross, barely recognizable, dealing with your sin. Saved by grace, it was the love of Almighty God that sent Jesus Christ to Calvary's cross. And surely, 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 that is a basic place that we can go to praise God. How can we not have anything to praise God for? He is a wonderful God, an amazing God, indescribable. In the multitude of my thoughts, when was the last time we swapped the multitude of thoughts and burdens and cares of the world for the multitude of thoughts about the Lord? What about doing that swap? You'll find that you'll, it'll take a right while. Because once the thoughts start to flow and the Holy Spirit get in, the Holy Spirit gets into you, I can tell you you could start writing them down, because he is altogether lovely, isn't he? Altogether wonderful. Oh, his company is delightful. I just love the Lord. I love when He speaks to me, I love when He instructs me, I love when He shows me, And many's a time he has to slow me down. And many a time he has to have the chastisement and correction. That's not easy, but it's the experience in life and how we're brought up. And this is a little lesson for those that are newly saved: expect the chastening hand of the Lord. It's not a bed of roses. Expect the chastening hand of the Lord, as He, like a parent, guides, gives wisdom, leads. And through his still, small voice, you will find the path. And always remember to ask for the covering of precious blood and the protecting factor as we walk the walk for the Lord. His company is peaceful, no doubt about that. His company is delightful, no doubt about that. What about this next one? His company is edifying, edifying. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. And again, we're going to touch on what we started off with because this verse speaks about the corrupt communication. It says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But always, always underline the buts in the Bible, always underline the neverthelesses in the Bible. Because there's a change of course. But that which is good to the use of edifying. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now here's, here's something for all of us. As we seek to witness for Christ. As we seek to have fellowship with like minded believers. Unfortunately we live in a world today as you know. And again it was touched on last week. That how it grieves and how it goes like a thorn into our heart when we hear our loving Saviour's name blasphemed and used falsely and dreadfully. How can the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, how can that beautiful name be taken as a curse? It is a disgrace. And can I say to you that every time the Lord's name is blasphemed or used inappropriately, It's marked down. And those. Along with the abortionists. Are marked down. Every child that is killed and murdered in the womb is known by God. And every loose word and loose action is known by God. And the accountability will have to be made. I can tell you. That day will come. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying is a word for to build up, to encourage, a bit like the word tonight, that we can be encouraged with the company of the Lord. And the Lord, when He is with us, our souls are being nourished, our souls are being edified, we're reading the precious word of truth, we're hearing the precious word of truth revealed to us in the ministry of the word and also in the gospel do you know, about five weeks ago I had a very serious conversation with another saved person. At the end of it I wondered was he saved at all. And he asked me, he asked me, he said you know, what are your thoughts on this? And I said what? Do you think the gospel should continue to be preached in the evening? And I says I says, I, Hold on a minute. He says, are you asking me this seriously? He says, I am. But he says, our place is thinking of doing away with preaching the gospel in the evening and just doing two ministries. I says, well, you know my answer to that. He says, of course it needs to be preached. But he says, well, you know, think about it, Ronnie. They say the break, they're the, the breaking bread in the, in, in the morning there and then and then in the evening you're, they're preaching the gospel. I, I says, okay, yes, okay, I, but I says, what about a whosoever that may come in through the door? Well, we haven't had a whosoever in for a long time. Well, I says it's not about a bit of wonder. And there probably won't be. So even in the gospel, the soul can be nourished and edified. And dear believer, can I say to you, and this is for the believers now. Never, never, ever, ever tire of the preaching of the gospel. If you're saying to yourself, oh, I'm not going to bother going tonight because it's the gospel. And pastor's going to be preaching about getting saved. Sure I am saved. Sure I'll stay in. The Euros are coming on. England's playing tonight. I don't need to go. He's only going to be preaching the gospel. Let me tell you something. You've just given the victory to the devil. He's your companion for the night. The best companion for the night is in, around the gospel. Been reminded of what Christ did for you and how he shed his precious blood. We should never, ever tire as the children of God hearing about the blood that was shed for us. That's precious shed blood. It's the key constituent of our salvation. And never ever tire, And if the old devil is there. Sitting on your shoulder. You've heard it before. You've heard it before. Look there's a lovely evening going on. You tell him get away. Because my saviour died for me. And I want to keep company with Christ. And not company with you. So the gospel. Is vital. For the edification of the soul. Along of course with the ministry. And likewise, when we're fellowshipping with each other, we talk the spiritual talk. We talk the talk of the saved. We remind each other of what the Lord has done for us. We remind each other of the grace and the love and the mercy, the loving kindness of the Lord into our lives. We constantly remind each other of what, what we could have, where we could have been going. But we're not going because we're plucked as a branch from the burning. Praise God. So Christ's company is edifying. And so should our company be edifying to others. That others might benefit from our company. If you're not benefiting from the company of a like-minded believer, well then there's something wrong. We have to be builders up not tearers down. And unfortunately the church today has been ripped apart. And it's being ripped apart internally. My last preaching engagement which was a considerable amount of time ago I just said to the folk Christ is out and the devil's in and it was evident to see. And so much is the case today. Isn't it sad that rather than have an edifying company, it can very easily be into a destructive company. And that's what we need to be wary of and watch for. Let's encourage each other. Let's build each other up. Let's edify and help those that need the help. His company is peaceful, firstly. His company is delightful. His company is edifying. Fourthly, his company is glorifying. Now, let me take you to this one here. Luke chapter 23. We're going to look at a man that had a very short time watching the Lord. Don't really know this man's name, I don't think there's any record of him. He's just known as the centurion. Or there might be films and books and stuff which depicts names and all, but there's this centurion. And the centurion is over the band of men that were responsible for crucifying the two criminals that were deserving of death, and of course the perfect sinless son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, not only did mighty Pilate marvel, but this centurion marveled as well. You have to understand that this centurion would have been over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of crucifixions. The brutality and the nature of crucifixion was barbaric to say the least. He would have been over the men that would have had to grab the arms and the legs of the criminals, get them outstretched, and then there would be the soldier with the hammer And the others with the nails, those rugged long nails, Roman nails that were hammered into the hands and the feet of the victim. They say that the dull thud of the mallet could be heard down, well down, beyond the foot of Calvary. But you know the centurion was noticing that there was something uniquely different about Christ. Isaiah speaks of how Christ came as a lamb to the slaughter. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And this centurion marked this. This centurion was touched by this. This centurion, this hardened soldier, trained fighter over other men, yet this man saw something in Christ. It says in verse 47... Of Luke 23. Now when the centurion saw what was done. He glorified God saying certainly this was a righteous man. You know this man didn't have too much company with the Lord. But it was enough to make a difference. Because he ended up glorifying God. The Lord Jesus Christ had just died for you and for me, hanging on that rugged cross. There were those that stood afar off, but this centurion wasn't too far away. And I'm sure he gazed at Christ. I'm sure he heard the words that Christ said from the cross, uniquely different to any other man that was crucified. Can I say to you that the company of Jesus Christ, dear friend, is glorifying to the soul? When was the last time you were glorified by the presence and company of the Lord? Because if you've experienced it, well then in turn you will return the glory unto God. God deserves the glory, the honor, and the praise. He deserves it from each and every one of us. He loves to be praised. And of course we have this anti-Christ government now that doesn't want any singing. Wants everybody masked up. Screens up. But praise God here. Here. We can worship in freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to bring you to a verse. I'm going off the tangent here. Pastor, just for one moment. I wasn't going to do this, but I do believe the Lord wants me to do this. Will you turn with me to 2 Corinthians? Three or four men from the car park will be saying, we know where he's going. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I want to just share this with you. Why do you look at this? 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 I've been taking on, I'm sure, our brother, Pastor Ken's been taking on many a time, question about masks. I want to show this to you. Look at this verse. But we all, with open face, beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord let me say something to your friends I don't want to come covered up before the Lord and I don't believe that's the way we should be doing it either I don't believe in the liquid saviour of the vaccine I believe in the liquid saviour of the precious blood of Christ I don't know about you if you have any problems with see me at the door But I'm washed in the precious blood. My faith's in Christ. Not in any aborted fetal tissue vaccine and all the rest of the mess that's in it. And I'm not going to go down this because of I starting this. But I just want to leave that verse with you. You take that with you. We are to be open-faced. When Moses went in before God, he removed the veil. We can't be in an idolatrous, blasphemous state. Worshipping the Lord with a mask on. Put your trust in Christ and trust fully in Christ. The precious blood was shed. His company is glorifying. And we'll enjoy the glory of the Lord when we're with him. What more company could you want than the company of the Lord? Lord. Fifthly, his company is majestic. Back into the Psalms again. And this time we're in Psalm 145 and verse 5. As we see what the psalmist says here, as we think of the company of the Lord. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. He is majestic. He is the King of kings, Lord of lords. Deserved of all our praise. Hallelujah, what a Savior. He is the true majesty. It's not a false title. It's not a man-made title. It is the divine title, the only title for the Lord. Majesty. And when we have company with Him, we can enjoy being in the presence of, of the majesty, the true majesty. He is majestic. And I will speak of the glorious honour of thy majesty. But we can only speak about it whenever we have been with the Lord. And whenever you have company with the Lord, things change. We've already said it the company you keep will have a reflection in the life you live. And whenever you're in the company with the Lord, your life will reflect it. And you will enjoy the glory. You will enjoy the majesty. You will enjoy the peace. You will enjoy the delight. You will enjoy the edification and you will enjoy being the edifier because we're in the company of the Lord. Beautiful. Speak of the glorious honor of his majesty Speak of his wondrous works. There's not a day it doesn't go by. Again, let's go back. Nothing to praise God for. We've already said go to the cross. Vital that we do. Have a look around you. And before you have a look, praise God that you have eyes to look. Praise God you have ears to hear the birds singing and the dog barking. (laughs) There's a whole lot tonight wish they had that. You know, Pastor Cain shared with me about Pastor McConnell there just before the meeting. 30, 40 seconds, he passed conversation about what was happening to him. But the rest of the time was spent in and around the Lord. Because the man knows what the company of the Lord's like. And can I say it not, I'm not tired of saying it. When you're in the company of the Lord... It'll be reflected in word and in deed and in looks. One of the things that stands out about a person is when another person says, You're a Christian. Are you religious? There's something about you. You're different. Well, apart from those little terminologies which we're all used to, and we could debate those, of course. But the thing about it is, something has started a conversation. So say someone in the workplace has said that to you, or a neighbor or a friend has said, well, they have noticed something different, haven't they? You just don't fit into the normal rat race. No, there's something different. Well, can I say to you, dear friend, you praise God for that. Because others have noticed that there's something different in your life. Whether it's the way you conduct yourself, peacefully, calmly, maturely, sensibly. Maybe you're speaking about the Lord. Maybe people are noticing you coming on a Lord's Day to God's house. Maybe people have seen you out in the street giving a tract out. Maybe people have noticed how kind you are. You don't seem to snarl and tear away but you're calm and collective. There's something that stands out. Well, then can I say to you, dear friend, you've been in the company of the Lord, and the company of the Lord is with you. Oh, how to be more like Jesus. We think of the certain Greeks that said, sirs, we would see Jesus. So many times in a quiet time, I would say, Lord, I can't wait to see you, but for the time being, Could you make me a wee bit more like you? Oh, that we would strive to be more like Christ in these days. His company is majestic, and His wondrous works are indescribable. Of course, salvation being the key one for all of us. Sixthly, His company is strengthening. Strengthening. Are you weak tonight? How do you feel? how's your soul tonight? Remember in the men's meeting there a couple of months ago, we, we took up the subject. We looked at the soul. It's a big subject. Elijah well, was a big subject pastor, wasn't it? But imagine going into the soul. How long would that take? You inexhaustible. How's your soul tonight? The Lord knows where you are. He knows how you are. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. As we look at this. Isn't this lovely? Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isn't it lovely that he is the great strengthener when weakness comes in? How many times have we been in that time in our lives when it just seems that nothing is, 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 is running. Nothing's going, nothing's right. We all go through those little patches, don't we? Seems to be like that thundercloud with the rain coming down, the lightning zapping around our heads. Everyone else seems to be passing in the sunshine. But we're walking about just with this thundercloud and the heavy rain. Can I say to you, dear friend, that The Lord Jesus Christ is the great strengthener tonight. I don't know what your situation is in your seat tonight. I don't need to know it, but the Lord knows it. And perhaps you need strengthened tonight. Can you take these lovely descriptive parts of this verse 10 of chapter 41? This chapter that speaks about the the restoration of Israel. This verse here that comes in here and says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Underline it. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. See how personal this is. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I think this verse has been spoken on over the last few weeks but it does no harm to come back to it. Christ is the great strengthener amidst the weakness. You know, when we keep company with the Lord, He can strengthen us. He can send us on the right path again when we have strayed off it. Oh, how important it is that we seek the Lord. How important it is to remember these lovely characteristics of our loving Savior. We're nearly coming to the end. Number seven, his company is never ending. How often have you said, I wish we could have stayed a, another hour or two. You look at your wife and say, oh, goodness, look at that. I have to fly on. I have an appointment or I have to get the kids. I would love to have stayed another hour. I really enjoyed that. Let's do it again. We can all say that, can't we? When we have enjoyed the company of a friend or a relative or someone that we haven't seen, maybe they've been over on a visit from from across the water, coming over for a holiday, and the time has come when they're going away, and you said, I really enjoyed that. And you're sad when the companionship is broken up. There's one thing about the Lord. It's a never-ending companionship. He is always there for us. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We're going to be in Psalm 73 for the last two here. Psalm 73, when we look firstly at his company is never ending. Isn't it good to know that he's always there? Don't need a mobile phone. Don't need to email him don't need Skype don't need any of the so called man made modern technologies no the Lord is there always there Psalm 73 and 23 nevertheless I am continually with thee by us holding me by my right hand it's the never ever ending companion right from that moment when we accept Christ as our Savior, all the way till we will one day meet him face to face. When we will have forever and an eternity to thank him for what he has done for us in his mercy, and his grace. You know, I'm glad eternity doesn't have a clock. I must tell you about a meeting I used to go to two clocks came there was a clock there for everybody that was seated could see it you see and then there was a clock at the back for the preacher at the back you see and the two clocks were set different times this one was dead on but that one down there that one there was set to get the preacher quickly out of the road sharp finish at eight sharp don't be going over a minute and will never be back here. There are no clocks or time limits in heaven, praise God. Eternity knows no end. And you're going to say to yourself, well, why, why do you say you're glad that? Well, I'll tell you why I'm glad. Because it's going to take forever and ever and ever and ever for me to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for how he paid price for my sin. A sin-sick, hell-deserving sinner praise God for his mercy. And you know, we'll, we'll see those wounds. We will gaze upon the wounds. And when we have company with Christ in eternity, when he opens his hands, when he shows us his back, when we gaze upon his face, when we look at his feet, when we see the riven say, He will say, this is what I did for you. What are we going to say? It's a good job eternity knows no end. Because with the multitude of the heavenly host, we'll be praising him and thanking him for saving us. You know when that moment comes spare a thought for those that had an opportunity to receive the gospel and accept the gospel and didn't. And away into peril they go. If you have nothing to praise the Lord about we've said about going to the cross we've said about having a look outside at the wondrous wondrous works but have a look into hell. Because if any of them could have a chance again they would get out and they would accept Christ without a hesitation so if you have nothing to praise God you be thankful tonight that you're saved from the pit of hell and his companionship never ends he's not like the human friend with you one day not a friend the next day friend with you the next day not a friend for a week you've offended me I'm not going to talk to you again No, that's not the way it is. There's no childish behavior, immaturity with the Lord. His companionship is true and faithful, steadfast, always there. Christ can be relied on. What a Savior. Be encouraged tonight, dear friend. You're part of God's people. Surely it's worthy to be thanking God for So our last one now, let's remind ourselves, his company is peaceful, his company is delightful, his company is edifying, it's glorifying, majestic, strengthening, it's never-ending, and finally, of course so it has to be, his company is the best company. Of course it is. Psalm 73 and verse 28 as we wrap up. But it is good for me to draw near to God, I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. We come along the psalmist here and we agree with everything. Praise God. His company is the best company. How good it is to draw near to God. Have you drawn near to the Lord today, dear friend? If you haven't, you can do it right now. Draw near to Him. Enjoy His company. He is here, you know. He's here in our our midst. I often remind so many that God is here. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. He's here. He sees us. He hears us. He knows us. He's receiving our praise. He's receiving the glory and the honor, all deserved, of course, onto him. He hears our petitions. He hears our praise. He knows your heart. His company is the best company. So who will you keep company with? As you go out the door tonight. One thing for sure. Don't give the devil any room. Get him out. Put him to task and chase him out. If he's been the one that's been accompanying you recently. Well then it's time to put him to flight. And get back into the company of Christ. It is good for me. To draw near to God. I have put my trust, hallelujah, in the Lord God. That I may declare all thy works.